Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we ready to pod, boys? We have to be judicious about how we pick these movies moving forward. Because there's no part of this movie that was redeemable. Oh, come on, man. There's no way you enjoyed this movie. I laughed. It was horrible. The birthday party scene didn't make you laugh? No, that wasn't funny. Oh, man. The whole time, honestly, the whole time I was hoping the kid would die. No, I was. And this is the thing. I mean, like this is a a little peek behind the curtain for me emotionally is I really struggle watching movies where kids die. Like for whatever reason, I don't know what it's triggered, but John John Q was like John Q, my girl, 21 grams, like all that shit. Right. Like, like it's, it's tough when I see a movie where a kid dies, like I just like it tugs at my heart. Like you would not believe Casper Casper. Casper's already dies. dead, right? He di- oh, he dies. Oh, he in the dies in the opening scene. scene. Yeah. I mean, he kind of had it coming, but other than that, this kid, the whole movie, I was just hoping, like, I just hope he dies. I hope there's some weird plot twist that no one ever talked about where he dies. I wanted this kid dead. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show, isn't, isn't it? Isn't, isn't it? it? It's isn't possible. It? I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. The fuck out. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? <laughs> what story? <laughs> what are you talking about? Do you want to 
I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. So. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all night. <laughs> When we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love, I'm Zach Harper, that's Amin Hassan. that's Anthony Mays. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 1990 comedy Problem Child. Problem Child stars the late John Ritter. You may know him as the star of Three's Company. He's in Sling Blade, he's in Bad Santa, he's in a movie I actually love, which I hope, I actually wonder if this qualifies. Have you seen Stay Tuned? So Stay Tuned is essentially uh, John Ritter makes a deal with the devil to get great TV. Oh, nice. And he was going to be in Problem Child 2 in 1991, and he had just done Skin Deep, a movie about a womanizing alcoholic writer. We also have, in this movie, uh, Jack Warden. Uh, he's been in everything, yeah. but you've seen him as the owner of the Sentinels and the Replacements. He's in 12 Angry Men. He's in Toys. He's in Bullworth. Is he the owner of the toy store in Big? No. That's Debbie Coleman, though. Michael Oliver is the shitty adopted kid in this one. Uh, this was his cinematic debut. He was nine years old, I mean. And the last thing he, he acted in was uh, when he was 14 years old. Very short uh, career. So apparently you this know, one didn't take. Hollywood is, Hollywood is a tough one, man. I guess so. It's tough when you're annoying and can't act. You also see Gilbert Godfrey in this movie. Uh, we all know him from Saved by the Bell, Wedding in Las Vegas. Uh, he's also a voice in Aladdin. And uh, Affleck. Right. Until he, until he made a joke about tsunamis, I believe. I think that was what it was, yeah. Uh, Amy Yasbeck is also in this movie. She's in The Mash. She's in Robin Hood Men in Tights. And Michael Richards, Kramer. Yes. Also Kramer, in this movie. Yeah. Who, by the way, like clearly got on set, read the script, and said, I'm just going to act like Kramer. I'm just going to act like Kramer if Kramer were uh, a, a serial killer. A serial killer, right. Because everything about the mannerisms. Uh, at first, I was like, wow, did he channel this into doing Kramer? And then I looked, wait, and this movie came out in 1990. Seinfeld had already been out, so. Yeah. No, uh, he, this could, was, he just, this he basically doubled it. Yeah, which is what you should do, absolutely. Uh, this movie's directed by Dennis Dugan. He's known for directing Happy Gilmore, Beverly Hills Ninja, Big Daddy, Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, and Amin, a movie so very dear to your heart, You Don't Mess With the Zohan. Oh man, that's that's gonna be on a future cinema. Let me just tell y'all right now. Uh, it was written by Scott Alexander and Larry Karzuski. Uh They've written uh, all three po- Problem Child movies: uh, The People vs. Larry Flint, Man on the Moon, and recently Dolomite is My Name. Oh, nice! And don't leave out two future cinephobes: Agent Cody Banks. Oh, oh yeah. 
and that darn cat. Oh, boy. oh no! We might see that darn cat in our future. Well, that's upsetting. All right, synopsis for Problem Child. A young boy is just short of a monster. He's adopted by a loving man and his wacky wife. The laughs keep coming as the boy pushes them to the limits. Tagline. Attila the Hun. Ivan the Terrible. Al Cabone. They were all seven once. Oh, yeah, see, man, that gets you excited. The other tagline, not so good. He's so bad, even the nuns refuse to keep him. (laughs) What? I don't know. Spoiler alert, by the way. <laughs> All right. $10 million estimated budget on this one. Uh, it was a hit, I mean. $53 million in the U.S., $72 million worldwide. That is officially a hit. $7,000 money. I'm telling you, this this movie did well. Uh, well, I mean, a lot of shitty movies do well. Uh, let's jump into this one before listening to the rest of the pod. Problem Child can be found on Stars, or you can rent it if you don't have Stars. Hide the money, y'all. There's poor people around. <laughs> Broke ass. Uh, it receives a 0% from the critics on 29 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 41% from the audience on over 55,000 ratings. How does a movie like Good Luck Chuck get positive reviews and this one gets a 0%? I just don't get it. Dane Cook Hive? I don't know. You want the positive or the negative? Because we have positive from the audience. Give me the positives. All right. Avery D, who gave it four out of five stars, he was a problem child. Yes, he was mean-spirited, and his pranks were juvenile because he was, in fact, a child, which I found the director captured perfectly. This is not a feel-good movie. This is a lesson in life that children, even the worst of them, just need you to take the extra step and never take away the love. You critics are monsters. They are monsters. I mean, I I agree with everything the guy said. What else we got? Joseph V, five stars. But it was a goddamn good film. There's nothing else in there. It starts out with but. It was a goddamn good film. <laughs> Avdi, which makes me think Avery D less the second review, but Avdi gave it five out of five stars. You all have no humor. This movie is all caps hilarious. The people who gave it negative reviews are left-minded, politically correct a-holes who wouldn't know a funny movie if okay. spit in their face. This movie is very, like, right-leaning. Oh, yeah. There's two specific moments. Like, where I'm just like, what's going on here? Trust me, you're going to pee yourselves. P spelled just capital P. Yourselves watching this, and it's got a good message at the center of it. Don't let these brain-dead reviewers influence you. This is one bad decision you want to make. Parentheses, five stars. All right, I'm not uh, going to lie. I'm a little confused by that one. Kyle M. gave it five out of five stars and said, Churchill Crescent comma south molten comma ex 36 4 el oh, I'll sleep on his keyboard <laughs> <laughs> shannon m four out of five stars it's just linda and i as children now i kind of feel like shannon thought this was facebook <laughs> i was like who the fuck is linda <laughs> Joseph S., five out of five stars, one of the greatest films ever made. It manages to question our notions of good and evil and poses complex ethical questions that may never be answered in our lifetimes. There was another part of me while watching this movie. You know, it's kind of like Fred Claus. Mm, Okay. Another movie I enjoyed, by the way. KCC gave it four and a half out of five stars. Totally not a 7%. That's bullcrap. I don't, there was no point in which this ever could have been 7%. So I don't understand. Unless we think people flooded the reviews to get the audience score up. We'll go to Michael Wilmington of the LA Times for the negative. Sound funny? The filmmakers here think so. They've jacked this loud, lame shrieker of a movie up to the highest decibels, both oral and visual, 
and rammed it in our faces with almost numbing a plum. Said this gig of Tulsa world, it's misguided. It's not funny. And it's lame efforts to be irreverent and hip. It turns out to be just plain mean. Oh, he's like, this, this is why we can't listen to middle America critics. Get out of here with that. Sue Heel of Radio Times. There is something offensive about using an unloved and rebellious child as the butt of bad jokes in this way. He's not the butt of the jokes. He's the hero. Monty Smith of Empire Magazine. Pipsqueak comedy that does not have the courage of its own convictions. I don't Pipsqueak know. is just not a word we hear much anymore. It's not. Yeah, I, I kind of miss it, to be honest with you. Start using it in like in, when I talk basketball, I talk about small guards. Call them pipsqueaks now. <laughs> All right, two more. Brian Orndorf of BrianOrndorf.com. The film gets so lost in angry pranks, it forgets to provide a reason why Junior shouldn't be hung from the nearest tree. The worst wow. movie of all time? Problem Child. Wow. Wait, are you sure that wasn't ZachHarper.com? <laughs> and then Susie Fay of Time Out. Enough to make you gag, which is coincidentally enough in my Bumble profile. Maze, had you seen this movie before? No. You've never seen this movie? No, never even heard of it. Really? Wow. Or any of the sequels. I don't know. That, you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it in the 90s. Right. I don't think I'd seen it since then, but I saw it in the 90s. We get the old school Universal Pictures black and white opening and the progression for all their 75 years of making movies. I thought that was a nice little touch to open the movie. I remember when they were doing that. It's a stormy night at a mansion, and we hear a voiceover. Nice night to be born, huh? Apparently, my birth was not considered a blessed event. This kid's voice is awful. I mean, it is, but it's also, it, it has some comedic value to it with some of the lines he delivers. I'm already pissed off at this point with another terrible narrator overlay and this kid's voice. I'm already mad. The kid's voice is awful. I can see why he was abandoned retroactively. <laughs> you just can't. I mean, all right. Rich family decides to take the kid in and the mom gets pissed on, which apparently they cut out of the TV showings of this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I read a I note said, about that. Ah, uh, yes. The baby peeing on people gambit is what I wrote. That was my opening line. That's way. your opening note? Okay. Now the maid is dropping the kid off at another home. The toddler version throws a plastic toy through a window. He's got a cannon. Yeah, the kid's got a chooch, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, gets dropped off as, in a basket as a toddler. Tries to feed detergent to a cat, and the cat burps bubbles. <laughs> Hold on, you y'all weren't laughing about how like every time someone abandons him, he's a little bigger but still in a basket. That was funny, man. That was funny. Like the idea, of, like you can abandon like a six-year-old in a basket. Yeah, it's a little clever. It didn't make me laugh. You guys went in this with bias, I see. No, I hadn't seen it. I didn't want to see it, but I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Like I just. You fought to the nail against this movie. Well, I also didn't want to have to, like, rent it or sign up for stars. All right, he vacuums a fish. Now he's dropped in a trailer park. His dad steps on his toys, so then he uses a bulldozer to take down the trailer. Uh, now he's dropped off at an orphanage. He puts the nun well, on the rope and swings you notice around. How, you notice how he, he progressively gets left at someone's doorstep was just a little bit poorer than the last. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's progressing negative. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah. Clever. commentary on society or something you think that's what they were going for you think there's some kind of artistic note there just trying to be funny ben and flo are looking at a baby catalog uh they're planners they're not pregnant they're the one percent who aren't Whoa. fertile can't get pregnant they're picking and we, names and one of the names she says is "Ooh, what about donald it says here that donald 
is wealthy and powerful. And I just said, oh, my God. Like, what bizarro world are we living in right now? <laughs> well, that had to be a Trump reference, right? I mean, I can't think of any other reason why Donald was, of all names, because, first of all, Donald does not sound like a wealthy and powerful name. It sounds like Donald Duck. That's what I think about whenever I hear Donald. And I guess this fits into the right-wing yes. bias of this movie. Yes. But it's extremely, <laughs> extremely, for, like, prescient of them. Prescient or prescient? Prescient. Uh, shout out to words that we've read but never said out loud. <laughs> All right, we get a who's on first style of debating whether positive means good or bad or whether negative means good or bad when it's a test result. You, you didn't laugh at that? Mm, not really. Negative. That's good. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't know. Am I supposed to laugh at what happens in Vegas, stays in Vegas at this point in my life? No, but no one does this bit. It's not an overdone bit like what happens in Vegas. Like, there's actually a movie called What Happens in Vegas. That's how I know it's an overdone bit. I don't know what we're doing here. I, you, I, it's weird that you're defending this movie so much. It's not that weird, actually. <laughs> he only does this with, with things he's picked, right? But that, I think, is supposed to be originally one of the points of the show. Yeah, the idea that we're picking movies that other people don't like, but... I still don't understand it. I feel like maybe Spies Like Us was a little like this, but we were all more on board because it was better. Because it was a great Spies Like Us is a great movie. Like it's ridiculous that it got the score. No, but you were that. even like defend you were defending any joke that we were like, I don't know, man. Yeah, like when we when Zach and I were like the G Force or whatever. The G Force thing wasn't good, you were like, You're that's unacceptable. It's a cla- it is one of the classic cinematic scenes. <laughs> I remember from Hold on, now, now all right, now come on. Now this is proving our point. You just said it's one of the classic <laughs> cinematic scenes. It I've is. literally never seen that in anything outside of that movie. Because you're a heathen. That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean I'm a heathen? <laughs> you're just, you're not in touch with like cinema verite. One thing I liked in this scene, well, there are two things I liked in this scene. He says that they're, that she can't get pregnant. And she says, so we've been doing it every night for nothing. And the look on John Ritter's face, John Ritter does oh. facial expressions extremely well. John Ritter plays the nice guy better than anyone ever. Yes, absolutely. Like that, that, like that just kindly man, no one does it like John Ritter. But then I thought to myself, could he ever play anything else? And I said, oh, I would have loved to see John Ritter play a villain. But then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's not alive anymore. When they get in the car after they leave the, the doctor's office, the car is a Daihatsu charade. A Daihatsu charade. Is that a real car? One, I know Daihatsu is, but charade sounds like the worst possible name you could give a product, right? Other than charades the game. Daihatsu <laughs> charade is a real car. It's pretending to be a real car. It's a it's super not- mini car produced by Japanese manufacturer Daihatsu from 1977 to 2000. Wow. They got 10 more years out of it after that movie. Maybe because of that movie. That's probably what kept it going. All right. Uh, the doctor's fumbling around with the reproductive model, which I also found that funny. Yeah. He's like, because he drops the uterus. He goes, well, you don't have that anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> he said, that green thing, yours is actually brown. Yeah. Then we find out the kid... The, the shitty kid who keeps getting thrown around, uh, he was taking pictures of nuns in their underwear? Yeah. This kid's not redeemable. Like, He's a psycho. Well, it's not even about the kid. It's just like this movie is a PG-like family movie. Like Mr. Magoo. You're kind of, this is very risque content. Some yeah. of this. For, for a children's family movie. Like, I've got a bunch of notes here about, like, he's a bigger psycho than Kevin McAllister. He's shouting his lines. 
they needed to get an actual a- actor. When he shouts his lines, he sounds like Zoe Deschanel doing a voice. Or does she sound like him? She's older than him. Her career isn't, though. How about that? That's true. Yeah. Like, that, okay. That's fair. Her career is like, like this motherfucker been sitting at home all this whole time and just doing, <laughs> doing voice. I've been doing voices since 81, bitch. <laughs> he throws his food on the ceiling. The nun wants to know where it is. He says he, he ate it and she looks and looks for it and believes him. And as she's praising God, it falls on her face. Yeah. Not funny. It is. I don't want to watch this movie anymore. What? Yeah. Well, what, what did it? What, what? What? It's his. It's him. He's just awful. And I don't even mean like, oh, the character's bad. Like, I just, all right, this is going to be kind of fucked up. But like, kid's ugly as hell. <laughs> right? He's ugly as hell. He can't act. And he has a horrible voice. And he's got an aggressive bowl cut. Oh, my God, that haircut. The poster made it seem like he was going to be more ginger than he was. He wasn't even very ginger at all. He is very ginger. He's very ginger. No, he's not. They could have gotten more ginger. More? Absolutely. He's, his hair's not even light. He doesn't have freckles. He's, he's not, he does not look like a demonic ginger kid, which is kind of what I thought we were getting. I would have been more in. He absolutely is a demonic what are, what are you talking about, Maze? This is a recurring theme. He's not ginger enough. Maybe there's something wrong with your TV. I'm going to give it a The kid's a snap at this point. He's so ginger. Ginger snap. You know what that means? Maybe is that a terrible. cookie? His hair is more brown than it is red no, is not. it no it's not maze you need a new tv man they touched it up for like these photos i'm telling you this is a this is a brown-haired kid i'm pointing yeah. to like there's a difference in screens i'll pull it up on this screen right now what do you want he's got freckles he does have freckles i don't in believe this. you i don't believe you <laughs> it's a little tough too because he's wearing a red shirt never dress a ginger kid in a red shirt <laughs> gotta throw off the color balance he does look kind of brown here though Hair-wise, obviously. In the movie? It gets pale as fuck. No, I'm just saying in this picture. The cover had me expecting a full-on demon ginger child, and I was disappointed. All right, Junior has to mop the floors. Some nerdy-ass kid's getting adopted. Finds out he's got to be good if he wants to be adopted. Uh, he turns on the TV instead of mopping the floors. There's a story about Michael Richards, who is the bowtie killer, being captured and escaping and being recaptured, to which he says... What a good-looking guy. He then uh, takes a bow tie off a uh, My Buddy doll or something and uh, and puts the bow tie on. Flo is driving Ritter to work. This movie is so anti-adoption, it's crazy. Because <laughs> she says, to, like, he's talking about, like, adoption because they're not, they're, you know, she's not fertile or whatever. I don't wear secondhand clothes, and I won't have a secondhand kid. Adoption is out. Which oh. <laughs> my next note is Jesus Christ. Like, that is... So when she said that, I thought to myself, huh, that is a very, very conservative stance. And I'm like, no, nah, I mean, like, stop reading into things. <laughs> John Ritter, uh, Ben in this movie, runs a sporting goods store. It's his dad's sporting goods store. Big Ben, his dad, owns it all. And until now, tells his son, he tells John Ritter, I'm selling the store to the Japs. Yeah, uh, it was a different time. It was certainly a different time. Neither the store nor the land will be left to Ben. Big Ben says he's too nice and not to trust anybody, even his own father. Lil Ben worked for his dad for 10 years without a raise or a promotion? Sucker. That's insane. Says, don't trust anyone. Not even my own father, especially your own father. That's the line. Also, a little kid runs up to him. This is when I wrote that John Ritter played the nice guy better than anyone. A little kid runs up to him and says, Mr., do you guys sell a canteen with a compass on it? 
And at first I was like, that shit doesn't exist, kid. And then I realized they, they do. And I said, like, what kind of nerd gets a canteen with a compass on it? <laughs> and as, as the little kid gets it, his father walks up. And they have like this really, <laughs> come on, Billy. I can't wait for us to go camping. I love you, son. I love you, dad. And, and John Ritter has that sad face of such a nice guy. Uh, you know who the dad was? That's the director. Oh, for real? Yeah, little known fact. Good job. There you go. Junior's washing all the pots. Uh, he insults the nuns. They. Oh, no, they... hold on. No, 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 no. That's a great line. She says, what? I wanted to see my face in it. And he picks up a really fucked up dirty pot and he says, this one looks like you. Except he says it like this. This one looks like you. That's how he no. sounds. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he made him sound like a yokel. Half the like time, that. I think I feel like he's doing a southern accent. This, this one sounds like you. This one sounds like you. That's how he sounds. You sound like the guy from the Will You Please Pass the Jelly commercials, right? <laughs> That's how this kid sounds. Here's the thing. This is a movie with Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert doesn't have the most annoying voice in this movie. <laughs> and it's also, I, I noticed that Gilbert Godfrey toned down the voice. Oh, he definitely did, yeah. We also get a second uh, reference to nuns being penguins, which, uh, like, it's just not funny. Well, it's not that it's not funny. It's not original. Right, yeah. it's not. I mean, none of this movie is. Um, oh. He, he causes the nun to he slip just, in the hallway. He just told me that Zoe Deschanel ripped off this guy's whole bit, and now you want to say it's not original? Well, come on, man. You're better than that. Come on. Didn't I say that he ripped off her bit? Yeah, but and we you tried to correct me? And I did correct you. Tried tried. To. She slips on a wet hallway and slides out a garbage chute. How, how slick were those floors? I mean, That's Jesus I, Christ. How slick were those floors? Now we cut to Ben coaching the Little League team. The opposing manager is having another kid. We find out he shoves a cigar in John Ritter's mouth. Once again, Ritter, just fantastic at the facial expressions. Why uh, Are you allowed to coach a Little League team if you don't have kids? Uh, that's really creepy, except for the fact he does like work at the big sporting goods store yeah i thought maybe they sponsored everything oh I thought that makes sense it. okay but, all right but, that makes but sense. then by the way have you noticed that in the movies every child sporting event has a play-by-play guy yes yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely as a, as a kid i always used to be confused as to not why the movies had that why didn't any of our sporting events have a play-by-play guy no i thought the same thing as a kid i was like why don't our like like, these are not bad areas. Like, why can't we afford a play-by-play person? I didn't even think about it as good or bad or, like, something to afford. It was just like, wait, what? Like, did they did they overlook it? I think I would have been better if I could hear it, you know? Right. Would have been a better baseball player. What was this second pick, Maze? That's another child actor. It's a modern child actor. Where? What, what has he been in? Like, where are you finding? He's in Santa Claus 3. Yo, now this kid I... is a... <laughs> This kid's a ginger. He's in the animal. I, I, I gotta ask. He's in the sweet life of Zach and Cody. Do we have a Jared Fogle thing going on here? Ask Mays? if it's a fetish? Like, no, he's got pictures of this kid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just Googled those, right? Oh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just want to separate the company. <laughs> My best friend is a ginger. Oh, that's a, that's a likely tale. <laughs> Tell old Chris is he? Hansen, buddy. How old is he? <laughs> He's my age, Zach. This is the part where Mays tells us, hey, like he's the exact same age as I am. By the way, my birthday is on February 29th. Oh, I hate that. 
<laughs> I hate that joke. And yet you want to spend 45 hours in a train room with me. Well, now I'm having second thoughts. Yeah, now. Really? Not <laughs> shit in the shower? That didn't give you a second thought? <laughs> Spoiler alert, man. Come on. All right. Let's get, this, let's get this thing going. Nuns are yelling at Gilbert Godfrey. They call the kid evil. They say he's showing disturbing art. Uh, he's drawing disturbing art. They start showing it. Junior claims that he comes in, just wants to be a good boy. He wants to be smart and become a priest. And to which Gilbert Godfrey says, a priest. It's like a nun with a jacket, a boy nun. He wants to be a boy nun. Godfrey wants to keep him at the orphanage. I actually thought that was kind of clever. It was clever. Godfrey trying to like, trying to spin it and sell it. Junior then calls him a stupid dick. Yeah. Again, (laughs) I was like, it's a family movie. Yeah. Uh, This kid's seven. This kid's supposed to be seven in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Call, him the, call him the stupid dick. No, I mean, again, this is all part of him being like a bad kid. Like I, that, that yeah. I'm, all, I'm all for. It's just like, it's a family movie though. Like I get it. Like if this were a a, a, a movie for adults. I'm yeah, like, yeah. If you called him a jerk, right? He's like, oh, you're a stupid jerk, but a stupid dick. He's mocking Gilbert Godfrey. Like basically just kind of giving away the whole shtick, which was kind of, kind of mean. I thought. Of what Godfrey does, uh, to which then he says, it's obvious the kid is unbalanced. I was playing devil's advocate. Ha, devil, oh. as he motions to the nuns. Yeah. Uh, we cut to Flo at their house. She's upset that they're not allowed to go to a party in the neighborhood because they don't have a kid. She's trying to convince her to adopt. They have a lot of pets for this kid to murder, I noticed. Um, he tells her adoption is like shopping. Yeah, and, and that gets to her attention. Oh, because she's just a woman, and you know this. I mean, a, women be shopping. They love to shop. Women be shopping. <laughs> uh, she wants to know what the neighbors might think if they adopt. Now we cut to Junior writing a letter to the bow tie killer. All the kids are writing letters, and like they're you know they're writing it, but you can hear them. You know the time honored tradition that Hollywood does. You hear their voice in a dreamy kind of echoey way. So you know that what, what they're actually writing. And the black kid is writing Dear Bishop Desmond Tutu. And I just thought to myself, the black kid has to write a black person. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. I mean, let's play devil's advocate here. If he's writing a white person, does it then it's like, oh, why can't he write to someone of his own race? Is there a win here? Is, or is it lose-lose no matter what? Lose-lose no matter what. We cut to the prison. The bowtie killer runs that thing. Everyone's afraid of him. Oh, man. Even the guards are scared. A uh, guard delivers the letter to him. Prisoner with a swastika tattoo reads him the letter. Yeah, because he, he says, so I need someone to read this. <laughs> he just motions for just whoever's around, which led me to believe, like, can he not read or is he just such a badass that, like, you don't have to read anything? Yeah, I don't think he can read. But he writes later in the movie, so that's confusing. Uh, he can write but not read. Is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be incredible. Can you be half literate? Yeah. What? Yes. Of course. Think about it. Like, So you write something and then you look at it and you cannot read what it says. Probably, yeah. Because like the whole thing is that oh, you're I'm comfortable so knowing, knowing what you said, but you when asked to read someone else's stuff because you don't know what it says you can't read it there is a story in 2014 about a woman who could write but not read oh. all right maybe it's a yeah. thing it's a thing the warden comes down and or comes up there and he's on a walkway above him and he and he mocks him 
He mocks the, the bow tie killer to which he then grabs what had to have been, I don't know, 40 pound dumbbell Dude, yo, that was, and that throws, it, throws it, throws it in a straight line, hurls it like a baseball at the warden on the level above. He catches it. It knocks him off the walkway to which I then write, did the warden just fall to his death? Dude, you didn't laugh. You didn't think that was funny. I, I bust out laughing when, because he just looks up at him and throws like a, a dumbbell. Yes, a huge dumbbell. No wonder everybody in the jail. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a church too. He, he <laughs> in that kid. All right, uh, Ben and Flo are with Gilbert Godfrey. He's trying to trick them into taking Junior on. She wants to be PTA president. Uh, they finally get him. He's they're they're picking him up from the orphanage, and she says he's very handsome. Which I then wrote, what the fuck? It's an ugly ass kid. It's because it's because of the bow tie. Everybody rejoices in him leaving once he's gone. He does make a comment about how John Ritter wears a lot of blue. Says like, what adult wears this much blue? Which I didn't understand. Is blue a young person's color? And then he lies to him and says his favorite color is also blue, and they bond over that. Apparently, again, these are all this is all gold, man. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, man. No, like, it's what blue. Is- it's not gold. It's blue. <laughs> I like that joke. Oh. <laughs> all right. They take him home. The cat hates him immediately. He sees all the stuff he can break and says, I hope you're insured. They give him a creepy ass room with a lot yeah. of clown shit in there. Why the fuck did they do that? Which he then says in an inner monologue, oh my God, they're retarded. I laughed. So I did actually hard. laugh at that point. <laughs> It's just shocking to see that word now. It is. I mean, I know. But I feel like it comes up almost every podcast we do somehow. <laughs> uh, Big Ben shows up to be introduced to the kid. Uh, First, he like, grabs her stomach and says, I thought you were getting fatter. <laughs> and to which then he's like, no, 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 she's not pregnant. And then what does he say to me? You followed my advice to take your sperm to someone who knew what to do with it. A surrogate. Did you make out with the cup or did you get the bump a real live one? <laughs> bump a real live one is the best terminology for have sex I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I can't wait the next time I get to use that in everyday conversation. Bump a real live one? Yeah, you got to bump a real live one. Well, he explains to them, no, actually we're adopting and big Ben goes crazy. You can't adopt. You don't know what you might get. They might be killers. They might be, they might be Democrats, which is the worst thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. This is a very right wing movie. Dude, I'm telling you, they walk into the room. There's stuff on fire. Big Ben thinks that, uh, the kid's lying when he tells him what happens and says he's the devil in which he then says, I hope you kept the damn receipt. You got a bad seed there. Is very anti-adoption. Big Ben's on top of it. He's right. Kid sucks. Yeah, that's. Some... <laughs> Junior throws a cat onto Big Ben's face. He falls down the stairs, and now he's headed to the hospital. Uh, we go back to prison, and Michael Richards is doing ink blot tests. The warden thinks he's lying about the nice images he says that he sees. When you guys see those ink blot tests, what do you see? On two of those, at least two of those, I saw reproductive organs. That's I, I literally have these. It looked like always look female like and female yeah, reproductive yep. organs. Hundred percent. Yeah, like the the uterus and like the fallopian tubes. I have a problem with pussy. I always have, 
and I'm always gonna. Like, is that what that is? Is that us? I don't know. Or- I mean, I, it, that's supposed to be what the test is, though, right? What do you see? I see reproductive organs. I see, and I, and to be clear, I don't see like, I don't see like pussy just hanging out. I see like, like the, uh, <laughs> you know, like. No, I, I see. Oh, you I see, see like, like the uterus, you, the fluffy yeah, and, tube, anatomy, right. ana, anatomy class, right? Like the yeah. that that kind of cross section thing or whatever. Not, 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 not quote porn. unquote, just pussy hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me now that gave me the mental image of just like like four vaginas just like leaning against like, the wall talking shop, smoke, smoking a cigarette, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <New> <laughs> New AR is coming next week, huh? Yeah. Goddamn time. <laughs> then the warden says, "All these damn liberal laws." Yes. Another shot at the at the at the left. He then gets kicked out, and Richards chokes the therapist, steals his clothes, and drives out of the gate because that has to be the least amount of security that any person's ever had. Uh, he had a hat on and 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 a pipe. A which pipe. again, that's Kramer. Yeah. He basically stole Kramer bits. Yes. To do this role. Which is the only way to make this movie funny, really, is if we had Kramer in it. But it worked. Yeah. we did. Now the kid is going through drawers. Ben says it's mom's private things. Junior says he thinks that they're going to get rid of him because everyone always gets rid of him. Ben says he's staying there forever. Names things they're going to do together, like camping and all that bullshit. Oh, Zach. All that bullshit, huh? I guess I just didn't believe that they're going to keep the kid. So why promise that stuff? You know? Kid sucks. He says... I'll never be too busy to listen to what's on my son's mind over our nice cup of hot cocoa. And then later the call says, don't be such a noodle. Calls him a lucky duck. And I wrote, John Ritter is also who all black people subconsciously imagine when they do white people impressions. Wow. That's exactly it right there. Yeah. Nice cup of hot cocoa. Don't be such a doodle. Like that's all the quintessential... This is my white guy voice that black people do. It's John Ritter. That yeah, actually, and a lot, and I would say like a lot of the reactions that he does are like stereotypical white guy things, right? Yes. Not just the voice and everything, but like, like a yeah, lot of like the, the, the mannerisms. Like yeah, mannerisms. The manner, yes, wow, absolutely. That's a good call. It's John Ritter, man. Yeah. You guys have been mocking Three's Company for years. It's funny because Three's Company. He's not like a nice guy per se. Or you can no, he's it. kind of a creep. He's yeah. He wants to live with a couple of girls, and and the only way to do it is to pretend that he's gay. Right. I, don't, like, I never I never realized that when I was watching Three's Company as a kid. Yeah, that was like a years later thing where I realized what was going on. Yeah, like why is Mister Furley all like? I just felt like I was just like a landlord, right? And just right, yeah. I didn't realize that like it's because John Ritter was, or Jack Tripper was supposed to live there under certain auspices. Now they're going camping. Uh, some friends with a kid comes over. The little girl calls him gross and says she doesn't want him at her party. Yo, Lucy Henderson is a cunt. Wow. That was a hard C. Hey, let me say this. Lucy Henderson now. Love a love a dub dub. So she, she gets forced into inviting him into to the party. Find out mom isn't going to go camping. She wants to go to the mall. And once again, I mean, women be shopping. Women be shopping. Junior is attacking animals with a slingshot as they drive to the campsite. Uh, he's got a lot of serial killer traits. At the campground, their campground is next to porta potties. And the dumpster in the background. That's because the dude who is the other little league coach who always beats John Ritter's team hooked it up. 
Boy, but he yeah. hooked it up and gave him like the worst thing Shitty because again, the idea is that John Ritter is too much of a nice guy and he doesn't really stand up for himself. He allows himself to be bullied by almost everyone in his life. Um, the kid wants to leave and watch TV. The other dad is going to, we find out the other dad's going to scare the kids with a bear costume. Now uh, the kids are singing songs and junior suggests that they start a forest fire. <laughs> uh, they just say they're going to ignore him and, uh, and, you know, give him the silent treatment to which he then walks over to the campfire and, uh, pisses it out. Yeah. A lot of pissing. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, of pee, a lot of humor. And, and also, by the way, like from, uh, the guys who did grownups and everything in grownups and grownups too, or grownups too, especially a lot of piss humor. Like P P humor is weird because it's not so much the P so much as it's, you're pulling your dick out in front of people. <laughs> That's what we're, uh, yeah, this know. kid didn't like, just like peek out through the zipper or whatever. I would yeah. Say. Yeah. No, he like, he just, he got out right in front of everybody. Just yeah. Tried. Not a shy bladder at all. Oh. But he's not a shy kid. No. What else? Uh, so he pisses it out. And then he lures a, a bear to the campsite, throws yes. a stake in a stake into the middle of the campsite, and the bear walks through. But John Ritter thinks it's the dad in the costume, so he goes up and tickles the bear, and then the bear hugs him and picks him up and throws him into a tent. Bears don't move like this. I laughed at how how agile the bear, the bear was. <laughs> Now the dad comes out, the bear leaves, then the dad comes out in the bear costume and Ben hits him repeatedly with a frying pan and Junior is just laughing in a tree and Ben can't believe that he would find delight in this. So now we're at uh, the kid's birthday party. Junior is dressed as the devil. Wait, have we, did, we, did we miss the part where he gets his allowance? Or is oh, yeah, that's when they were going camping. Yeah, you're All right. right. Yeah, right. So... Is that, was that when he says you can learn how to manage money? Money, yeah. He gives him a dollar, and the kid's thought is, a buck? How do you manage a buck? <laughs> that is actually funny. <laughs> um, all right, we're at the kid's party. Junior's dressed as a devil. Uh, girls are being mean to him near the presents. And to which, Jesus, this is another line that's really anti-adoption. One of the girls says, he's not even a real boy. He's adopted. Lucy Henderson picked a nice swath of mean girls already at uh, at six years old. Yeah, no, she knew what she was doing. Uh, he's not allowed to watch the magic show. He says clowns are dumb. Ben gives him a hardened prune to take care of. It was from his senile grandfather before he died. <laughs> a, this was unbelievable. <laughs> it's a prune, a hardened prune. My grandfather became a little senile in his old age. He thought it resembled Roosevelt. Uh, anyways, like, I, think, I like how it gets... Like absent-minded as he's talking about his grandfather right there. Great, great delivery by the late John. Oh, comedic genius. Absolutely. Flo interrupts and gets him to go meet some people. Now we get a montage of Junior being a dick. He cuts down the birthday banner. He pops a balloon. He puts a sprinkler in the bedroom. ever seen a fridge with that many pruned items in it? No. No. There's a lot of pruned items in there. He takes the uh, piñata, empties it out of candy. And fills it up with prunes and prune juice. I thought it was olives. Or, excuse me, I'll, yeah. Well, there are uh, olives and might have been some pickles in there, too. Yeah. Pickled items. I'm sorry. I, I, I was absent money there. There are a bunch of pickled items. So it's all like a bunch of pickled juice in the piñata so that when one fat kid swings at it, it bursts into a shower of just vinegar and whatever is in there. Maybe he was mixing a dirty martini. <laughs> 
and put it past him. Uh, he gets the kid to pin the tail on the mom instead of the donkey. He's throwing present after present after present. He empties the pinati, as he mentioned. And this is all a montage to what song? It's my funny and okay if I want yeah, also to. Yeah, ter- also terrible soundtrack. If I want. What? Yeah. You would cry too if it happened to you. That's a great song. What are you talking about, man? That is a that is classic. A terrible soundtrack. And they keep cutting to the same like 30 seconds of cry. Lucy crying. Yeah. <laughs> they switched it up a little bit. <laughs> like, like four times. I think they just flipped it like side by side. Like I think they just flipped it to make it look like she was looking to the right. I don't even the think they tried time. to do that. Yeah. There's a frog in the punch bowl. He replaces the candles with firecrackers. All the presents were thrown into the pool. The cake explodes. And now Ben and Flo think Junior is now a problem. Uh, Flo wants to get rid of him, says to be a man about it, hands him a brush to go paddle him. When Ben walks into the room, Junior is praying at his bed and says he doesn't want to do bad things and be mean to them because they love him and all this stuff. So John Ritter gives him money. He says, you're going to have to be punished, so I'm going to have to take back your allowance. The whole buck? <laughs> the kid says the whole buck. Then he opens a drawer, and the drawer is like bankrolls in there. And he think, and his internal monologue is, I wonder if he's got change for a 20. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. Then he says, what is this guy, nice or something? In that shitty accent. What is this guy, nice or something? That's how he sounds. <laughs> he's making him sound like he's, like he's one of the guys in Horrible Bosses. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to string this nun up, this penguin up with the roughest, toughest rope in our rope inventory. Rope inventory. Oh, man. All right. Now we've got Michael Richards at the gas station. He wants smiley pies. And I wrote, I hope this ends with him murdering the child. Richards gets freaks out by some of the cops there. He steals an old beater car to escape. Now we're at a Little League field and Big Ben is running for mayor. He donates a new scoreboard with his cutout on there. Pitcher throws uh, throws at the batter, and now Junior has to go up to bat. He's never played baseball. He's wearing his bow tie still. Doesn't know how to play baseball. To which then Big Ben says, if that kid wasn't adopted, I'd swear he was yours. Right, Shit on Ben. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. He, he, that, I, I feel like Big Ben is the meanest person in this movie. Nah, you got something about the kids. Still the kid. No, Big the, no the rankings, are, rankings are the kid, the Big Ben, and then the bow tie killer. Also... John Ritter, you're a nice guy, and there's a little bit you're a nice guy, but not the best parenting in the world. Terrible parent. Crunch time in a Little League game, you're going to put your kid who's never played baseball before in that scenario. And then like, hey, go out go out there and get a hit. Like, you know, like, the first time a kid tries something, he's going to be terrible at it. Of course. He's just going to be awful yeah. at it. Like, so, I mean, like, he just put his kid in a bad, in a bad situation. So now Junior and the catcher are talking shit to each other. Uh, on the second swing and miss, he bad accidentally move. lets go of the bat. And it cracks a window on Big Ben's car. John Ritter gives him the bat and says to hold on to it no matter what, to which he says, good idea. And now everyone is chanting son of dork at him. He hits the ball to third base. Son of dork. Son of dork. He hits the ball. Which, which the, is funny because they're making fun of a grown-up. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, because he's, he's a pussy. At the end of the day, it's like it's not, not even making fun of the kid at that point. They're making, right. They're just making fun of his dad. He gets a hit to third base as the third baseman goes to throw it to first. Uh, before he can get to the first baseman, he still has the bat, and so he hits it again, which, yes. you know, kind of picked things up pretty quickly there. Uh, he might have some natural talent. And then as he's running around the bases, he is just beating the shit out of kids with a baseball bat. <laughs> yes. And, until he gets to, he's rounding home. 
the catcher tries to be tough about it, and he slides and hits him right in the nuts, crosses home plate, and proceeds to celebrate by chanting, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And bad to the bone plays, and Zach wants to say, this movie has a terrible soundtrack? You're out of your mind. Bad to the bone? Not a good song. Great song. Like, as soon as you hear that, you know, like, something, some bad shit's about to happen right Yeah, but the lyrics suck. Bad. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh, he's got a stuttering problem. Great. You sound like how black people imagine white people. (laughs) Oh, he's got a stuttering problem. Great. When the catcher says he's not going to buy him, he he slides into home plate. He jousts the catcher's nuts nuts with the bat. Um, and he's chanting touchdown as bad to the bone plays into which John Ritter then says we've adopted Satan. Yes. They, they take him to church to get the priest kid who kid who bought a canteen in that earlier scene is telling Ben all about the camping trip to which Ben then says, I'll blow it out your ass. <laughs> Great line, man. Junior's escaping to different parts of the church. He's hiding in the confessional uh, where then Ben goes to, to vent to the priest He's venting to Junior about Junior saying that everybody hates him except for him, that he still loves him. And he says, what are we going to do with our little problem child? Oh, and yeah. All I could think of was this, the family guy cutaway. These terrorists present a clear and present danger. Ah, ah he said it. <laughs> <laughs> After that line, I, I wrote, title. <laughs> I'd say that's why I have to be Superman for the quest for peace. <laughs> <laughs> He says he's going to take him back to the orphanage, and that makes Junior cry. He's an even uglier crier than you can imagine. They're signing him back over to Gilbert Godfrey. They're shouting at each other. We find out he's been returned 30 times, and that blows Ben away. Now Ben's saying this is what's wrong with the world. People are just hoping their problems will just go away. That's when he asks, what are we going to do with our problem child? So they're going to love him and break him, they decide. I guess like a wild horse. Junior doesn't believe they'll keep him. And for some reason, he's in the car alone with the keys. He's locked in there. And so now he starts driving it. Ben jumps on the on the hood of the car. Uh, he's guiding Junior through traffic, saying, go left, go right. Junior then pops the hood, which <laughs> pops Ben onto the roof of the car. Those Daihatsus, man. They really got some yeah. spring there. They crash into Big Ben's sporting goods store, crash through everything, cut to... Ben is reading The Exorcist, and we find out he lost all of his life savings. Biggest fucking tower of tennis balls I've ever seen in my life that they destroyed. <laughs> well, you gotta have something come crashing down, right? It was worth it for the visual flair. Ben has now lost it. He's going to smother the kid with a pillow, but as he's about to smother his own adopted child with a pillow, uh, the kid looks out the window, and the bowtie killer has pulled up. I drove a thousand miles to hang out with a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, was, that, was that the bowtie killer? Man? <laughs> yes, that's what a mean is accusing me of doing. <laughs> I took this train forty-five hours to hang out with a seven-year-old. <laughs> Except amazing, we're like, hot damn! I hit there the jackpot. All right. <laughs> yeah, Richard. Uh, Michael Richard can't the, believe the, the letters we, from a kid. Yeah, because the letters all signed Junior Jr. So he just thought it was some dude named Jr. And right. tell him about all the tough things he's done and how he's been in. He just got out from the orphanage, but he's thinking he meant me jail. So he's really disappointed to find out that it's a child waiting for him as opposed to some other sociopath that he's going to do crimes with. Right. And Junior introduces him as Uncle Marty. Flo wants him to stay because she thinks she can kind of foist the kid off onto him. Uh, Marty goes to hit on Flo at dinner and in the kitchen trying to convince him that having the kid around will get him women. He then pounces on her, 
I ain't been with a woman in 15 years. Yeah. And I said, this is a family movie. Right. They're talking about a dude not having, not getting pussy because he's been in jail. And by the way, when you say, I ain't been with a woman in 15 years. Doesn't say he hasn't had sex in 15 years. Yeah, exactly. It's a very clear distinction. He also hasn't been in jail for 15 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well he got in and out. He just got caught. He's been out murdering people before this. Apparently not fucking. Exactly. So he, he pounces on her. And she responds in kind, and I write, she wants that desperation D. She don't want no regular, like, oh, like. <laughs> Doesn't want the I'm, nice guy D. Yeah, I know. Or not even nice guy D. She doesn't want the, like, yeah, I got all my shit together D. She no. wants, like, I haven't been with a woman in 15 years. That's the kind of dick she's looking for. Yeah. And she's into it. She's also infertile. So no risk. Oh, oh that's a good God. point. Yeah, there's uh-huh. no consequences. Well, there's STDs. He's been dry for 15 years. Oh, he hasn't been with a woman for 15 years. Exactly. <laughs> Once again, important <laughs> distinctions. Ben's all out of sorts. He can hear them fucking in the kitchen. Yes. And he just doesn't care. No, but he's so like I just catatonic. wrote, did, he's did he just get cucked? Yes, he is catatonic now. Yeah. He's walking around like a zombie. Yeah. I think, the you know, it's, the, oddly enough, it's the losing his life saving. Yeah, that's what point. did it. That was the yeah. last straw. Like his wife getting him being cucked by uh, by a, a, a an escaped convict. Yeah, a that, serial that, killer. Yeah, it didn't really phase him as much. <laughs> it just reminded me of the scene from Horrible Bosses. It's like murder. I was on a date. I was murdering some <laughs> pussy. <laughs> All right. The next morning, he w- he wakes up. There's. The next morning, he wakes up, uh, and there's a ransom note on the wall saying if he wants to see his wife and kid again, it's $100,000. And what does my man do? He sees Marty in the paper, and now he knows it's the bowtie killer, to which he's not sad at all. He's celebrating. Yes. Got rid of the kid and the wife. Oh, my God. He was so, like, jubilant. Yeah. (laughs) He was so happy. Uh, now we're in the car. Flo thought they were going on their honeymoon, to which he said, this is their honeymoon. I wrote, what a turn this movie has taken. This is a kid's movie. I went to Radcliffe. I'm not just some uneducated bimbo you can tie up and have your way with. Shouts to Radcliffe, apparently. Shouts to Radcliffe and, and children's movies. For real, man. Like, yeah. Doing? So then he puts her in the suitcase and puts the suitcase in the trunk. Yeah. By the way, I also have a note here. Uh, criminals drive shitty cars used to be a thing in yeah that was a thing for a long time yeah. drove really shitty cars you know when it turned when fast and furious there it is ben starts throwing junior stuff out the window he goes through the awful artwork but then sees a nice drawing of him and he sees the old prune now he's having a change of heart because all the pictures are like this is big ben and he looks like a monster and this is Flo, and she looks like a monster and this is Lucy. She looks like a monster. And, then, and this is, you know, little Ben. And he, it's a very pleasant picture. And all I can think of is the studio hired someone to draw these these pictures. Yeah. Did they hire a child? Was it a child, though? Can you look at a drawing and know the age of the person who drew it? I thought the drawings were too good to be drawn by this kid. I agree. I agree. 100%. So I would say they hired an adult. I mean. Yep. To say draw like a child. Can you draw like a child? 
I'm terrible at art, so yes, I can draw it like a child. Can that be your career in Hollywood? Could you be an official child drawing artist? I feel like I they're phrasing off on this one, especially with the context of this episode. God damn it. The context of real life. <laughs> Am I going to have to make a statement at the end of this? What is happening? I'd go through a lawyer. Yeah, I'm going to advise right. you to stop talking. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ben needs to talk to Big Ben before he goes on the air for a TV hit about being mayor. Uh, says he needs a hundred grand. To which Big Ben says, "Are you insane? That kid is a monster, and your wife is the original pain in the ass." Uh, ben quits as his son. Ben the, puts the camera on live, and Big Ben doesn't know that he's live on air. He flashes his ass after talking a bunch of shit about the people who would vote for him. Thanks for that, problem child. That's not how TV works. Right, no, there isn't a, just a, a, a flip switch that turns yeah, the cameras to live. Literally a switch. <laughs> yeah, it's like a like a light, not even a light switch, right? It's like this little metal, metal like... Uh, click, you know, one of those click switches. Yeah, exactly. When we see his boxers, it kind of looks like a fucked up American flag. Yeah, it and does. And so at first I thought, because he's running for mayor and there's the, the Republican regime, I'm like, is he proposing like a new flag? <laughs> <laughs> And then I was, we went the absolute opposite direction of that in a, the worst way. Yo, so there's there's several things. So one is cameras don't work like that, right? One. Two, TV doesn't work like that. Like, it's not like you hit a switch and the newscaster who's talking is going to get preempted by what this remote camera has on, right? Like, there are no directors or anybody. It's just It just comes on the screen. So she throws to it. Then the other thing is, Again, I get we're trying to make that Big Ben is an awful person, but it's a children's movie. Why is he mooning? Right. Why are we seeing an old man's ass in a children's movie? Right. No, it's a great question. So now Michael Richards calls and says to bring the money to the circus. Uh, ben yeah. then steals Roy's car. Roy's the super dad. He steals a super dad hat and he drives around. He drives all through these flower beds, right? With the truck. Do you I know why he- that happened? Why? Because there were deleted scenes in the movie. In which the prob- apparently a problem that was going on with that neighbor's yard was she was mad that the cat kept like pissing in it and shitting in it, but they deleted all those scenes as they cut the movie down, but they left in that. So there's no context to it. One, th- there's no context. Two, the movie's 82 minutes long. Think how shitty a scene has to be to get cut from this movie. Jesus Christ. Now they go to the circus. Michael Richards knocks out a clown. Then Ben confronts him, gets tricked into throwing the bag of money without giving up the kid. Uh, He tells the kid they're going to go on a crime spree together and terrorize everyone and says, hey, come on, let's have some kicks. To which the kid says, kicks? That's a great idea. And he kicks Michael Richards in the balls. Yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah, then Ben punches him, and Junior runs away with the money through the circus. There's a trapeze chase. Uh, Richards falls into the tiger area. Uh, Junior gets to Ben and calls him Dad. Oh, by the way. First time, because he's been calling him Mr. Healy this whole time. Forgot, when when they get to the circus, Junior says, let's see the bearded lady. And Michael Richards responds, nah, I saw way too many of them in prison. (sighs) children's movie ladies and gentlemen now they're chasing michael richards they want to get him as he's trying to escape so the kid's driving and ben is shooting at the car tires with a shotgun Flo flies out of the car in the suitcase and lands on the car with ben and jr he then blows out the tire we get that cool diagonal car flip thing 
that have, yeah. you know, kind of a corkscrew car flip. I'd love that. Uh, suitcase flies off the truck into a truck bed with a giant pig in it. Well, Flo always said she wanted to travel. Jesus, man. It's <laughs> a great, great line. It's a great line. I like how they just took this actress and turned her into a suitcase for like 15 minutes. Richards then steals a gun from the cops as he's getting arrested. He tries to shoot the kid and Ben jumps in front of the bullet. Junior's apologizing for all the bad stuff, says he loves him, says he won't be bad anymore. But apparently Ben is fine because one of those vote for Big Ben buttons stopped the bullet, as did the prune. The 30-year-old prune, guys. To which then the kid says, now you're not going to hold me to all that stupid junk I said about being nice, are you? What is that voice you're doing, man? I'm trying to do the most annoying voice I can because that's how this fucking kid sounds. This ugly-ass fucking kid. His (laughs) dumb haircut, his stupid-ass bow tie. I'm so glad it's an acting anymore. See, there's something that we said he's at peace with that being out of the celebrity you, world. Bitch, you were never a celebrity. Yeah, oh, have you him. seen him? Yes. It's a scary look, man. Oh man. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be talking so tough if I were you, man. Oh, he lives in LA too. Fuck him. He's got a he's got a red goatee. <laughs> now he throws the bow tie away and we cut to that that pig truck bed. I felt like their depiction of Mexicans was racist. They allude to like this. Is this Miguel having yeah, this pig's something. gonna shit. Yeah, the pig's gonna shit all over it. So she opens oh. the suitcase and we see the pig's balls and ass yeah. and yeah. <laughs> I said again. again. Come on. <laughs> I was like, I, I we didn't need, like we. <laughs> but but, here, but here's the most confusing part. I mean, what the fuck? That's the end of the movie. That's, that's not, the end. That's the last thing they wanted us to think about. Yes. Come on. The pig's balls are just hanging right there. Hanging. The <laughs> hanging like those backpacks that hold basketballs. Yes. <laughs> Big shit's all over the suitcase. The end. Roll credits. In order to get this movie to 82 minutes, they decided this had to stay. But the whole thing with the flower bed. No, that's got to go. So we got, we got a lot of trivia for this one. Oh, great. During a 2014 interview Gilbert got on Gilbert Godfrey's Amazing Colossal Podcast, the screenwriters of this movie revealed that the story was inspired by an L.A. Times article in 1988 called An Adopted Boy and Terror Begins. The story is about a married couple suing an adoption agency because they were not informed about their adopted son having severe mental health issues with violent tendencies and had been previously returned to the agency multiple times. That's amazing. That's exactly the story. So while other writers pitched stories as a horror film in the vein of The Bad Seed or The Omen, these two guys thought it could potentially be a comedy. They envisioned a dark adult satire of the then popular trend of films in which cute cute kids teach cynical adults how to love, as in Baby Boom, Parenthood, yeah. Look Who's Talking, Uncle Buck, Absolutely. Mr. Mom, Kindergarten Cop, and Three Men and a Baby. The studio insisted on turning it into a children's film, which meant numerous reshoots and rewrites. All that were involved in the difficult production were disappointed and anticipated it being a bomb. Alexander cried after the cast and crew screening. But it was a surprise hit and and Universal's most profitable film of 1990. Fuck you, Zach. How about that? They were so embarrassed that they tried to distance themselves from the movie in its immediate aftermath, which proved difficult. Studios were initially reluctant to hire them or take them seriously based on their work on such a prominent, disreputable film. Uh, in later years, they eventually came to work with executives who grew up watching the film on TV airings and were excited to meet the guys who wrote Problem Child. Looking back, they still feel this film is a mess, but take some pride in it being involved with one of the very few PG-rated children films that's black and that's crazy. That's awesome. Is it? That's an awesome backstory, man. That's, that might be the best backstory we've, we've had. 
1999, John Ritter married Flo in real life. Wow. Nine years later. Throughout the film, Ben reads several self-help books on parenting. Each book features a photo of the author on the back cover. The photos are John Ritter in various costumes. Oh, look, that's funny, man. An ad campaign for this film include reviews from a number of famous movie villains. Would you like to hear some of them? Yes, please. Oh, my God. Al Capone said, four-star fun for the whole gang. (laughs) Captain Hook said, two thumbs up. (laughs) Frankenstein said, 10 out of 10, Junior had me in stitches. (laughs) Freddy Krueger said, this kid gives me nightmares. (laughs) Wait, that's not not quite as good as the other ones. (laughs) Leatherface, Junior is a real cut-up. Yeah, there you go. We're back on track. Bart Simpson, don't have a cow. Just see this movie, dude. And then the last one, Darth Vader. I wish he were my son. There it is. Uh, the role for Junior was originally meant for Macaulay Culkin, wow. uh, who then went on to play the devilish child in The Good Son three years later. Yeah, which was basically inspired by that movie. Yeah. Jack Warden agreed to be in the film after Dennis Dugan uh, offered him half his net profits, a percentage negotiated beforehand of the net profit to the movie. Uh, Warden was so touched by the gesture that he agreed to take the role, but refused to take any of the potential earnings. What? Yeah. That makes sense. I know. Um, according to the director, test screenings were disastrous, with 70% of the audience walking out. <laughs> Verbal complaints from viewers and a score of only 30. So what happened? Uh, the studio forced two weeks of reshoots, including a retooled ending and the addition of key scenes like the girl's birthday party. Told you, to, man. That scene is, is is legendary, man. That's a legendary scene. This was the director's first uh, feature film. So he decided to make his pitch to Universal Executives a memorable one. He stood on the studio president's coffee table and passionately proclaimed, you're looking at me like I'm fucking nuts, and this is what we want. We want this kind of chaos. Three hours later, he had the job. Wow. There you go. Uh, During production, John Ritter and Gilbert Gottfried were allowed to ad-lib, making Universal complain at Dennis Dugan for shooting too much footage for Gilbert Gottfried's scenes. The prune was definitely ad-lib. Prune was ad-lib, devil's advocate. Ha ha, devil. That had to have been ad-libbed. What else? Well, that whole scene with Gilbert Gottfried had to have been ad-libbed, right? Didn't have that many scenes to begin with. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. A group named In Defense of Animals organized protests against a poster for the film that showed a cat in a dryer. They also complained about a scene in which the cat's legs are hurt by Junior. That reminded me of Kitten Mittens when he's walking with the two cats on. <laughs> Is your cat making too much noise all the time? Is your cat constantly stomping around, driving you crazy? <laughs> your cat clawing at your furnitures think there's no answer you're so stupid there is kitten mittens finally there's an elegant comfortable mitten for cats I couldn't hear anything considered for the role of little Ben Healy which is obviously played by John Ritter Chevy Chase Kurt Russell Richard Dreyfus, Dan Aykroyd, and Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis and Richard Dreyfus maybe could have pulled it off. I think Ritter was definitely the best choice, though. Yeah, I, I think Chase would have been terrible. I think Kurt Russell would have been awful. He's just too intimidating a guy. 
no right. one look at him and, and think like you know, like son of dork, right? Like right, exactly. Yeah, you got to be dorky enough to be you know for that chant to even mean anything. Chevy Chase turned it down because he was doing uh, Christmas Vacation. Rick Moranis and Dan Aykroyd turned it down because they were doing Ghostbusters Two. Uh, Dreyfus and Russell wanted too much money, and also uh, Russell was busy doing Tango and Cash. Oh wow! They uh, they wanted John Landis to direct this, but he was too busy uh, about to do Gremlins Two: The New Batch. Christopher Lloyd was supposed to play the Bowtie Killer, but he turned uh, it down because he had commitments to Back to the Future Three. There it is. Amy Aspect, uh, who plays the wife in this movie, returned in Problem Child Two as a school nurse. Okay, confusing. Like just a different character, not as a suitcase, not as a suitcase, not as a not suitcase as... with shit all over it, pig shit not all over it, big, big balls. No, John Travolta was considered for the role of Little Ben as well, but he was busy uh, doing Look Who's Talking too. Kirstie Alley, Kim Basinger, uh, Carrie Fisher, Mary Steenburgen, and Catherine O'Hara were also considered for the role of Flo. Yo, shout out to Universal, man. They they, they did their due yeah, diligence. I mean, they tried. Yeah, they really they did try. Trying to make a movie here. It's not- yeah, Kirstie Alley turned it down because she was also doing Look Who's Talking To. Uh, Kim Basinger was doing Batman. Uh, Carrie Fisher was doing Sibling Rivalry. Catherine O'Hara was doing Home Alone. Uh, Steenburgen was considered for the role based on Parenthood, but she was also doing Back to the Future 3. Yes. Yo, it's amazing how many of the people they try to cast were all doing movies. The same movie, like the same yeah. three movies. Yeah. Also, Back to the Future Universal Moon, shouldn't they have known this? Or did they think, oh, this will, this will make it easier? Maybe they just thought they across- could, there was time to do both? Yeah, just come across the set. Well, they probably had the relationship, so that's why they were trying to make it happen. But I'm, uh, so I'm just thinking, like, would they, did they expect her, like, all right, when you're done over there, can you just cross over to the other side of you know, the Universal lot? <laughs> yeah, just go to that lot, go to lot 12. And the scene with the birthday party, originally the magician was supposed to cut the little girl in half. And Junior was going to replace the fake saw with a real saw that when cut, it was going to cut her dress in half, revealing her underwear. And the scene was cut because it was too risque. Okay. Thank you. So there was a lot. There was a line. I mean, that was there was that was the day the the, the censors came in. (laughs) That was the day the censors showed up. We're like, what the uh, fuck is going on here? (laughs) Golden Dumpster. You guys got any nominees? Mine's a lock. Yours. That cunt Lucy Henderson. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna go for all the editing that Maze is gonna do, taking out insinuations that he's a kid toucher from I me. Mean, <laughs> that's why I called a dumpster. <laughs> I mean, you got a golden dumpster for this movie? I do. It goes to uh, John Ritter being the the person all black people subconsciously imagine <laughs> when they do white people impression. So none of us are picking one single part of this movie. We're just picking this podcast. <laughs> all right, Bober, file this thing. I mean, well, here's the thing. At first, like you know, I was just being antagonistic, and like really, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit Fobo on this. But then, like, I thought to myself, what's the definition of file? Would I watch this movie again if it were on TV? And given that I've already watched it on TV several times, the answer is yes. Like, I can't lie to myself. I've watched it on TV. And then even then, I was like, well, maybe I'll change my definition because I don't know if I'll watch it again. But then I was like, when I heard all the trivia, now I'm all the way in. 
all the way in to the point where you said like, because I remember you said like, oh, Scott Alexander and the other dude, they made this movie and this movie. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, and it started with Problem Child? Like, it was kind of inauspicious start. So this but is then, inspiring you to think that you can do this job. Well, no. The idea that they started getting chances because they started working with people who grew up watching it on TV kind of like I did. And so, yeah, man, I'm going to go with File. This is I like this movie. Maze? Oh, my God. Uh, it's a phobe. Uh, I did not enjoy really any of this movie. It was really poorly written. It was really poorly edited. It was really poorly made. This kid is annoying as fuck. No, no, no. You can't say poorly edited. Some of the movies you Are submitted. Are you kidding me? Poorly edited? Poorly edited. Like he's what? Thinking, Other he's than thinking the, of Lucy. Uh, he's thinking of Lucy. These montages were bad. There's a couple just really strange cuts that when when he has the first heart to heart, when he brings him home, suddenly when they're talking about the cocoa, we cut outside and then we just fade to black. And it's like, uh, okay, I guess that's that scene. There's multiple times when that happens. The kids, the kid acting is awful. Like they would have been so lucky to get Macaulay Culkin. That might have been watchable. Man. Do you imagine what this movie looks like with Macaulay Culkin and John Travolta? No, I, I, you, you can tell. No, John Ritter was definitely the perfect guy. John Ritter was good. Michael Richards was okay, I guess. Yeah, he was. He just did Kramer the whole time. Christopher uh, Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah. Mm, maybe could have been better. Because he does the crazy wide-eyed guy very well as well. right? He was Kramer before Kramer, right? On Taxi. What was he? Right, yeah. I, but I like the idea that they gave it to a relative unknown, even though I think Seinfeld had been on for two years at that point. But still, you know, he wasn't a, a big stream. So I, I thought Michael Richards did well. I thought John Ritter did well. They turned a woman into a suitcase, I mean. Well, look, no, man. No, no, this, take shit all over. But, but now, but now, knowing the context that this movie wasn't meant to be a family movie, now I understand. Now I'm a little bit more like, that's why you, you got a parakeet calling someone a dickhead in the middle of it. We didn't, we didn't mention that, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's a file from Amin. It's a phobe from Maze. Look, I do try to be fair in all these. And so, throughout most of this movie, I was super annoyed by this kid. I, like, I hated this kid. I have so many notes about wanting this, this kid to die in the movie and how bad the actor is and all this stuff. But I also agree with Amin when it comes to the idea of if this movie was on, would I watch it again? I believe I've filed many a movie on this on this podcast from that premise of like look if Gili was on would i would i watch it again yeah i would i would tune in to see where we are right like i i do believe that that is a good sign of filing movies and so with that said i would never fucking watch this movie again there's i mean there's not a chance i hate this kid i hate him i'm so glad he's out of acting i'm so glad John Ritter gave us this classic, and you guys are just shitting all over it. Like the pig at the end of the movie. Yeah, like the pig at the end of the movie. Open up the suitcase, I mean. That's what this movie is. These balls. I got your problem children hanging to me. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.